the voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Wade, joins us right now. Craig, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Tommy. How are you? Terrific. We appreciate the time. Obviously, uh, this is a little different basketball tournament, and we'll get into that in just a second. But, Craig, talk about what it has meant to the program and to this team in particular by going to Kansas City, playing well, and winning that championship. Well, I, I think that was indeed really meaningful. Tom, it had never been accomplished before Texas. They they never won a Big 12 tournament title. The last tournament championship they had won was 1995 in the Southwest Conference. My broadcast partner, Eddie Orn, was an assistant coach on that team coached by Tom Penders back in 1995. It had been that long. And uh, I think also it was kind of a culmination of – showing the rise that they're on down the stretch here because they went through a tough spell, as we know. They, they started off 10-1, and one, and then uh, when they had to battle COVID, like so many other schools, uh, they, they struggled with it for time. Shaka Smart was out for three games. The team had to go without him. And, and at one point during the practice week leading up to the game with Oklahoma at home, and this was after they, uh, the Saturday game had already been called off at Iowa State, and that was not even on Texas. That was because of Iowa State having uh, protocol issues. Because of that, um, they were down at one point to three players in practice available, three, for about three days. And then it went to five, and then went to six, and they basically had available for the game seven scholarship players and went out and played Oklahoma Tub, but lost by one point at home. So, and they went, so they went through this tough spell, where they had dropped four of six ball games, and then they turned right around, or I guess it was they'd gone uh, four and six in, in a ten game span after starting ten and one, and then they they turned it around once they started getting guys back healthy again. Had the one loss in Lubbock to Texas Tech, but that was wrapped around overall winning six of their last seven ball games, and uh, and and having won now five in a row. So I do think they're on an upward trajectory and having won the big 12 conference tournament, I think just gives them a little more of a boost going into this tournament here in Indianapolis. It's an interesting team, isn't it, Craig, the, the dynamic of this team. And, and this is, this is a team that can, that can make a deep run. Just there's several in the, in the big 12, but this is certainly a team that can make a deep run. Well, they do have, I think the proper pieces to do it, Tom. I mean, it, it, any, NCAA tournament team out of the 68 teams in this event, if you start with a senior point guard, a proficient veteran senior point guard, it gives you a leg up on some other teams. And they have that in Matt Coleman, who uh, has had kind of a star-crossed career at Texas. There's times when he's had some great moments. Last year, banking in a three-pointer to beat Oklahoma. Uh, he started off this season uh, beating North Carolina on a buzzer beater to win the Maui Invitational. But he also had some down moments as well with the, you know, crucial turnovers or missed shots or whatever. And for him to be playing his best basketball right now, coming off scoring a career-high 30 in that Big 12 tournament championship game against Oklahoma State and earning tournament outstanding player honors, that says something about uh, what he's done. And I think, I think that happens. Uh, you know, I think that's made a difference. And then seeing some of the bigger guys, uh, Kai Jones, the, the uh, Big 12 six-man of the year, uh, doing what he's done. And Jericho Sims being able to play without committing lots of fouls and, and being effective and averaging 16 points and 12 boards during the Big 12 tournament. All of that, I think, is important. All of that, I think, has led up to how this team has positioned itself 
to be a number three seed going into the NCAA tournament. Craig, when you look at, at Shaka Smart, and obviously there was a lot of attention on him and his job status coming into the season, and he's turned things around. I feel like a lot of the heat kind of got deflected with everything on the football side. But is he safe right now, or how many wins does he have to get in this tournament before they say, all right, yeah, Shaka is safe? Well, I, I think that probably depends on which fan you ask or which uh, media member on the outside that, that is speculating of that sort of stuff. I think the people who matter most on the inside of the program aren't even uh, really thinking that, uh, thinking that that way. Now, uh, let me tell you, you know, if they go out and, and lose to Abilene Christian, you know, there's going to be people who, who think that, you know, you know, Big 12 tournament notwithstanding and, and number three seed notwithstanding that maybe a change ought to be made or something like that. I, I, there will be people who will say that. I don't know if it's the people who matter most. I know this. The, the university and uh, athletic director Chris Del Conte and uh, university president uh, as well, uh, you know, uh, President Hartzell, they have all been really, really uh, behind Shaka and are really excited about what he's done with the program coming up. So yeah, I think that's more down to, you know, what fan and message board speculation is than anything else. Talk with the voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way. Craig, when you look at this, uh, the the bracket, especially the eastern region where Texas is at, what is the biggest obstacle they face, in your opinion? Well, uh, clearly, I, I think there's two or three things at work. Uh, one, uh, you know, this is this is a team that that really thrives on good guard play, and when they're playing really well, they can play with just about anybody in the country. And when the guards are not shooting the ball well or not playing well, they can, you know, perhaps get beat by just about anybody in the country. It could happen as well. Same thing if the post players are, are unable to stay out of foul trouble. I think that that kind of goes into it. Then you add into some other things, Garrett. You add in the, the fact that they're going to play Abilene Christian at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's the home of the Colts. So, we you know, big dome stadium. What do we always hear every year about the NTA tournament? Depth perception, shooting backdrop, all that other kind of stuff, you know, will it factor? They get one workout uh, tomorrow inside of Lucas Oil. That's it. They get one workout, and then and and so they got to have to try to adjust all that. I had shock on my show the other day when because the, the team came straight here to Indianapolis from Kansas City. I didn't come up until yesterday, but I had him on my show, and we were talking about that 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 shooting backdrop and depth perception thing. He said, "Well, it's different. It's not like if we're over at." You know Hinkle Fieldhouse at Butler, and uh, which is that neat old historic gym where they shot Hoosiers. In fact, I'm kind of pumped up. One of the games that I'm getting to call for uh, uh, Westwood One will be on Sunday at Hinkle Fieldhouse. So it's this old neat historic gym. And I said, Chaka, since you bring up Hinkle Fieldhouse, if your team is sent there, and we don't know which teams are going to go to which arenas in the second round, the NCAA hasn't announced any of that yet. Why is so, that, by if, the way? Why is that? Well, I can give you three letters, C, B, S. Okay. I mean, you know, they're, they're the ones that are going to decide, you know, which matchups they want to televise uh, on the big candle and which ones they're going to put on TBS, TNT, True TV, uh, you know, which ones will do the, at what times mm-hmm. and in what venues. So I think that, I think that that's, that's the biggest reason why. So then when I, when I asked Shaka this, I said, if your team, uh, you know, takes care of business and you win your first game and then you're sent to Hinkle Fieldhouse, are you going to do the Norman Dale, Coach Norman Dale thing and pull out the tape measure and go from the rim to the floor and say, hey, fellas, it's 10 feet, just like in our gym, 
he said, you know, Craig, I'll bet you nearly all of my guys haven't even seen that movie. He said, but he said probably it would make more sense to do that at Lucas Oil to say, don't be messed up by the shooting background. It's 10 feet from the rim to the floor. So it's a point well made. Absolutely. And I know it's early in the process. Have, has Shaka said anything about the, the, the bubble and, and how his team is adapting to to the bubble and, and almost almost quarantine, I guess, if you, if you will. They were quarantined, Tom. You're right. It's, it's weird. It's been weird. When they came here to Kansas City, the first thing they did was they had a COVID test, of course. So they did that. They went then went uh, – they were able to watch the selection show together. And that was the last time they were together for another – 24 hours. What they did was, after they had COVID tested, they were sent individually to rooms, players, staff, everybody in the 34-person bubble. And they were all sent to their rooms individually where they basically were on lockdown. They could not leave the room for 24 hours. Their meals were delivered outside the door, knock on the door, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And they did not, (coughs) excuse me, did not leave the room for 24 hours. And they were finally able to come out of individual quarantine uh, on Tuesday. And I asked uh, Shaka, or they were able to come out on Monday, I guess, afterwards. And I asked Shaka, I said, How'd you guys, what'd you guys think of that? He goes, not a lot. They weren't real happy about that. You know, guys spending a lot of time on their phones, because what else are they going to do? So then they, you know, they were able to slowly ramp in. Well, all the teams had to go through that individual thing. All of the teams are going through those protocols. Um, and uh, so it's... It's uh, it's a different vibe. I, I'll tell you, Tom, sitting in the hotel room here in downtown Indianapolis, there's been a constant, steady stream the last two to yesterday and today of multiple buses going by with police escorts, with sirens wailing and stuff like that, because, you know, we're used to one bus carrying the players, the coaches, the staff, the trainers, the managers. Well, it's in three buses because of distancing. So you got three buses and you got a police escort for 60 teams in town. The other eight were scattered, you know, four to Bloomington and four to West Lafayette for the play-in games tonight, the first four games. But the other 60 basketball teams are all here in this town. That means 180 buses, you know, <laughs> and, and and you got police escorts taking these teams all through town, and they're all kind of, you know, going, and that's just going over to the arenas. Otherwise, they're walking in sealed-off areas to get to practice floors that are laid out in the convention center. You can't get near them. You, you're, there's no getting close to where they are. All right, Craig. Finally, uh, we'll leave you with this. For Texas, and fill in the blank, for Texas to make a run in this tournament, they have to have good guard play and uh, rebound the basketball. If they do that, uh, and, and that's usually, there's nothing really original about that, Tom. If they do that, uh, I think they've got a chance to go far. I mean, we can say the same thing about the Baylor Bears. You know, the way the way Baylor plays, obviously, if, if the guards are doing well and they're rebounding the way they have all season long, they're going to make a deep run. One of the games I have for Westwood one is Oklahoma State. I just saw them last Saturday night, and I've got them against Liberty. Uh, Liberty, you know, guards well and does all that stuff. But if Oklahoma State is getting good play from its guards and Kate Cunningham's playing how he's playing and they're rebounding the ball, they're going to win the game. I've got Illinois. They're a one seed. You know, Drexel's good. But they're a 16 seed, and, and Illinois plays, you know, rebounds and has good guard play. So it's there's no great secret with with how you do it. And and what I could have, I've got a 5-12 game that could possibly be an upset uh, tomorrow night. Winthrop, 
uh, taking on Villanova. And Villanova's without Colin Gillespie, their outstanding guard, who's out for the year injured, so their guard play hasn't been as good down the stretch. And Winthrop plays very sound defense. So if they rebound the ball, then, yeah, that could be your latest chapter of a 12, knock it off a 5. Craig, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much, uh, and we'll catch up with you soon. You bet. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. That's Craig Way, the voice of the Texas Longhorns. And